Hello everyone, my name is always Asmal, welcome to another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat, a show where we talk career experiences, entrepreneurship and investments. The main aim is to show that there's more than one way to be successful other than just climbing the corporate ladder. We are live on LinkedIn and YouTube and the show will be available on podcast by tomorrow morning. So don't forget to like, subscribe and click on that notification bell to get automatically notified when the next episode comes out. If you're joining us live, drop a one in the comments so that we know we're not talking to ourselves and drop a two in the comments if you're watching the recording. My guest for this week is Jade van Staden, a a former academic trainee at UCT. She's also a second year trainee at a big four auditing firm, an entrepreneur, and she's completing her master's. Jade, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's really such a pleasure to be here and to be able to tell people a bit more about my experience. So on that experience, let's jump straight in. Tell us your story. Where do you come from? And even outside of work, who is Jade van Staden? Give us that backstory. Wow. Okay. So I have quite a colorful story of how I actually came to be in the accounting field. I'll try to speed it up um, as much as possible. So um, I actually started with mechatronics when I left high school. I didn't really know what to do. I wanted to do a doctor, but I didn't get accepted. So I was like, what do I do now? A friend recommended mechatronics. So jumped into that, hated it, then thought, let me try my hand at science. Didn't like that. Dropped out, taught English in Thailand for 2017, came back at the end of 2017, and then got involved in accounting. Um, Someone I was dating at the time said, you know, if you're trying to get a degree that's going to open a lot of doors, you know, do accounting. And if you like it, then that's a big bonus. And yeah, what do you know? I was good at it. I enjoyed it. Um, And here I am today. Uh, So I did my uh, undergrad at NMU. I did my postgrad, my PGDA at a place that's very, very close to my heart, the Institute of Accounting Sciences. Um, And then I did my master's and my academic traineeship at UCT. So that's me. And outside of work? Outside of work, um, I have a dog who takes up a lot of my time. I like to go hiking. I feel like you can't live in Cape Town if you don't like to go hiking. That's kind of par for the course. Um, Like hitting the gym and I'm a big foodie. So constantly looking for nice new restaurants to try. And luckily, Cape Town has an abundance of them. Lots to try out. Lots to try out. But you mentioned it. Okay, I didn't know about uh, international the, the Institute for Accounting Sciences. But I mean, you did your studies at at, National, at Nelson Mandela University, but your your academic articles at UCT. Until mm-hmm. recently, I was not aware that you could switch universities when you're doing your academic articles. Is it normal? And why did you decide to change? Uh, so a lot of people respond with this, that they didn't know that you could do a ship at a university where you didn't actually study. And the good news is that you can do that. Um, so I actually wanted to do my academic traineeship at the Institute of Accounting Sciences where I did my PGDA, but I didn't want to leave Cape Town because they're based in Joburg. So I would have had to move to Joburg and I wasn't ready to leave Cape Town. And I thought to myself, you know what? I 
really want to be involved in academia. I have such a passion for teaching. I'd like to make a difference in some lives, um, help people to see that it's not this big, scary monster that accounting is perceived to be. Um, and I thought, you know what? There's a university in Cape Town. Let me apply. If I get in, then that's great. It's meant to be. And if I don't, then it's not meant to be. So I applied and I got in and yeah, everything worked out like it was supposed to. And is it, I'm assuming it's it's not the norm, but it does happen. Is, is, that, is that my understanding correct? Yes, yes. So it's not the norm. I was the only, can I say, outsider um, to do academic traineeship at UCT. Everybody else who was an AT had actually studied there. Um, but I know that this year, their ATs, they also have another person who's from outside UCT. So I think it's becoming more accepted. And it's not so much about where you did your studies, but what can you contribute to the lives of the students? That's interesting. So it's becoming more prevalent. Yes. And you touched on it earlier, but you moved from from uh, from PE to Cape Town. Um, how did you find the move? Were there any struggles or any interesting points that you can share with us? Oh, wow. Where do I start? Um, so, yes, there were a lot of struggles. So I actually moved during or just before my PGDA year. So one of the most difficult years of your life. And here I made this big life change. Um, it was quite something having to live in a big city where things are a lot more expensive than little old P.E., um, but unfortunately, it was just something that I had to do at the time, um, had to put myself first, put my studies first. So it was difficult, but I absolutely love living here. I've had a lot of amazing experiences and met like a lot of great people. If there's one tip you can give someone who's, who's moving cities, what would it be? Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. The thing with big cities is they offer big opportunities and you can't be scared to get out of your shells. So you literally have nothing to lose by putting yourself out there. So when opportunities present themselves to get to know people, to be involved in things, just take the risk and do it. Even if you are a little bit socially anxious like myself, it does work out in the end. It's very rewarding. I think well, many accountants are socially, uh, socially anxious. So well, you're, not, you're, you're, not, you're, not alone. you're not alone. Yes. For the audience, we'll be responding to questions towards the end. So please add your questions to the comment section so that we don't miss them. How did you find the, the transition from an academic institution to, I mean, you've recently, you probably, what, four months into your, or three and a half months into audit. How did you find the transition? If I'm totally honest, it was difficult. So obviously, we joined the firm in January of this year, and most of the first years only join at the end of January, beginning of February because of ITC. So we joined the firm, we did trainings with the trainees from the other departments like tax and tech assurance and that sort of thing. So you make friends with these people, but unfortunately, you don't really see much more of them other than seeing them in the canteen or running into them in the corridor and then you 
go to work and you're technically a second year. So you're expected to have uh, some level of competence. And for some reason, people assume that AAs are these all-knowing, super wise, super smart people um, that just know everything, (laughs) which is not the case. We are humans who have gaps in our knowledge as well. So I remember my first client, my my team was really nice. The people that I work with were amazing. They were very open to answering questions, but it was very overwhelming. Um, You you don't know the audit software. You don't know how to navigate it. You don't know what you're supposed to be doing or where you're supposed to be looking. And because you're a second year, you know, there's, there's a certain expectation. So managing that expectation while managing getting yourself set up and figuring things out, it's, it's really it's really tough but on the plus side you do learn quickly so now i'm in a position where 4 months in i'm able to help first years and even some second years quite extensively because throwing in throwing me into the deep end forced me to learn how to swim so it does have its pros and cons um i'd say one thing i regret is you know we didn't get to know the first years when we came into the firm. We didn't get to do training with them. So it was a very lonely experience for the first while, but then you get to meet people, you get to know people, you go to the social events, you make friends. So um, yeah, it's an adjustment like any big move. It just takes time and persistence, perseverance, putting yourself out there. Could have been worse. You could have come out during the COVID year. So at least you get to go to the socials. <laughs> exactly. On the bright side, we've put COVID behind us. So luckily for us. <laughs> and I, I was reading through your, 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 your LinkedIn profile and I noticed that uh, you're also a founder. Talk to us a little bit about that business that you've started and why you decided to start it and who it's for. Okay, so... I have been very passionate about teaching accounting since I was in second year and I was part of something called SI, which is Supplementary Instruction for Accounting at NMU. And I was basically just providing an extra service for people who were studying, um, sorry, first years who were struggling with accounting. And that just ignited this passion for teaching and helping. And I don't know, I just wanted to show people that accounting doesn't have to be scary. And, you know, all the the related subjects, they're not these big, impossible things that are so difficult to overcome and that they can actually be enjoyable. You don't just have to learn and then word vomits in the exam and then you've forgotten everything that you learned. Like it can be practical. Um, And that passion really also came even more to life when I studied at IAS. Um, I did my, my PGDA year and the lecturers there went the extra mile for students and there was just such a passion for helping the students and all the extra initiatives they gave to us to help us with our studies I was just like wow I I want to do this Um, I also loved helping students in my AT year Um, I was always doing extra consultations um, extra notes to help students uh, that I would share in the tuts. So I don't know, I just really wanted to help people and show them that it's not this scary monster. Um, So I figured it would be a good time to launch it 
during this year when I started my articles at a firm. But I think I overestimated the time that I would have a little bit. So unfortunately, I've had to put it on the back burner um, and just kind of put it on pause for now, which makes me really sad. But you've only got so many hours in a day. Especially as an order trainee. Yep. Exactly. And it's so unpredictable as well because, you know, you might be on a client where you just work a normal work day and then you might be on a new client where you're working overtime every single day. So it's really hard to to put a schedule in there when things are so unpredictable. I see you also doing your master's. I mean, uh, what do you, the first question is, why are you doing your master's in and why did you decide to do it in such a big transition year? I'm assuming you're doing APC. You've just changed. Like, that's a lot. Yeah, so sometimes I tend to overestimate how much I can do. Um, That's my toxic trait. (laughs) Um, But so actually the master's I did last year um, and I submitted it this year. So I submitted it on the 13th of February, 2023. And now I'm just awaiting the outcome. So when you are an AT at UCT, they give you the opportunity to do your master's. And then obviously it's covered by the university because you're an employee there. Um, So it was such a great opportunity. I figured, why not? Um, I've always been really interested in audit technology and specifically how AI and other emerging technologies are changing the way that we audit. Um, So I went for that, but I focused more on the social aspect because there still seems to be a little bit of resistance towards the uptake of these emerging technologies so i wanted to see exactly why um so yeah that's what i did my master's in okay audit that's interesting yes and i suppose your second year so it's still very early but um and i mean you've 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 come from a bit of an academic background but have you thought about what you want to do after articles or are you taking it as it comes and we'll cross that bridge towards the end of third year Okay, I've been struggling with this question um, (laughs) for some time. I always pictured myself as this really like cool businesswoman in a pantsuit with a briefcase going in and out of meetings and, you know, just being this corporate woman. But uh, I don't know, corporate is tough. Um, It's not very glamorous. Um, And there are a lot of challenges and adjustments that come with it. And also I'm struggling because I love teaching. Um, I love the teaching aspect. So I'm kind of thinking to myself, do I want to stay in corporate? Do I want to go back to academia? So I'm juggling with those two options. Do I want to get my business off the ground and actually make it happen once I'm done with articles? Um, So struggling with that decision because on the other hand, I really love the more management accounting side of things and the finance side of things, you know, mergers and acquisitions and strategy. And I could totally see my being like a strategic analyst or something um, but the corporate side of things is probably what I'm struggling with the most so yeah a bit of a battle going on in here <laughs> so but we've got some time to figure that out but lots of opportunities lots of yes. opportunities which is good um, this is one question I like to ask all my guests what is one piece of advice you would give your younger self Hmm, that is a very good question. 
things will not be bad forever. So, you know, we often go through these trials and tribulations. I've had a very difficult life um, since I can remember. Um, and the most important thing that's gotten me through is just remembering that these bad times, they're not going to last forever. And you might feel like, oh, my soul, how am I ever going to get through this? I just want to give up. But if you just persist and persevere, you will be so glad that you did. And this has been something that's been true for me when I did my PGDA year, obviously living in Cape Town, having to support myself while studying the most difficult year of my life. Um you know, being a full-blown adult and a student at the same time, it was really tough. I wanted to give up. Um, I wasn't performing the way that I had in undergrad. Um, and I just really thought to myself, oh, maybe I should just just drop it, drop out and start working and kind of go from there. But nope, I stayed in it. I persevered and I did the same thing for my master's because um, it got to a point where I was like, oh, this is so much and I don't know if I like my study and it's not going the way I wanted it to. Maybe I should just give up. But I said to myself, no, you will submit that master's come hell or high water. You will do it. You are not giving up. So just remembering that the tough times don't last. <laughs> tough times don't last. That's a good yes. <laughs> a good way for, to end my session of the questions. Let's move over <laughs> to, to some of the questions from the audience. We don't have to. Most of them are there's a question from uh, Rifilwe and just to confirm are academic articles limited to only a year? So we have interviewed a few <laughs> academic articles that I need, but we haven't really been specific. So maybe you can answer the question for her. Yeah, unfortunately, as much as I wish we could do our entire articles, um, as academic trainees, unfortunately, it is just limited to one year and specifically only your first year of articles. So you can't be in articles for one year and then decide, oh, I want to go to academic articles. Unfortunately, you've only got your first year of articles to do it in academia and it is only one year and that year goes so quickly, especially if you're passionate about teaching and, and learning. Um, so I hope that answers your question. And my understanding is that in most cases, they, uh, the academic trainees are already signed with a firm and they have to apply to miss the first year already. So yes. you don't look for a job at the end of your academic article training. You still look for a job the same time that everybody else does. Yes, that's that's true. That's that's a really important point to remember. You have to get permission from your firm before you can actually accept the academic article clerkship. Um, and yeah, some firms are are more open to it than others. So just choose wisely. And I think that's all in terms of questions from the audience. Uh, any last few words from you, or anything we didn't discuss that you'd like the audience to know? So. I would say it's important to be realistic. Um, your articles, it might not be, it might not be studies where you have to hit the books every night and absorb all this information. It is going to be a completely different world entering the corporate world. Um, it's different interactions. It's different experiences. It's different knowledge. Um, and I would say you really need to be open to learning. Um, you need to be open to 
getting on with your peers and building a network, which is going to be so important later on down the line. Speak to as many people as you can in the firm. I already had a meeting with a partner and spoke to him about my master's um, within like my first week of being at the firm. Um, and those things, they don't go unnoticed. Um, so definitely just use all the opportunities that you can and just be prepared that it is tough. But you know what? If it was easy, everyone would do it. And I'm sure we've all heard that and we're, we're all tired of hearing that. Um, <laughs> but that's the truth. So true what you say, because being in corporate, nobody cares whether you got a C or an A in your exams in the, in the past. That's whether you can do the work or not. And it's totally different. Yeah, exactly. And also just one last thing, make sure that you have something that you love and are passionate about outside of work, because that is what will keep you sane. There are moments that you go through um, where, you know, you just feel like, is this really for me? And you question your whole career path. I've spoken to a few people um, at my firm who've experienced similar thoughts and also friends of mine who are CAs that went through the same thing when they were doing their articles. And it's just so important to have something that you love to do outside of work because that will be your sanity and your safe haven. Great. That's a great way to end. The show has been live on YouTube and should be available on podcast by tomorrow. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast and you feel that it's added value, don't forget to like, subscribe, and click on that notification bell to get automatically notified when the next episode comes out. Jade, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's been wonderful to be part of your show. I feel a great honor to be here and to be able to share my story. And keep doing this. It's so informative and so helpful. So thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat. Goodbye.